This podcast is intended for listeners ages 18 and up. Today's episode contains references to non-traditional relationships, multi-person relationships, consensual casual sex, amateur and professional pornography, and many other topics. You'll hear bleeps in this episode because some names were brought up that needed to be protected, so bleeps. Welcome back to another episode of The Weird Sex. I'm Corey Ritten, and I'm sick, and not in a sexy way. I apologize for the sound of my voice, but we're going to make it through together. For today's episode, I talked with Bob and Jenna, a married couple. Bob is in his early 30s, and Jenna's in her late 20s. Here we jump right in, and Bob gives us the rundown. Um, 31, um... Haven't had too many sexual partners, probably three, maybe four different sexual partners aside from my wife. Yeah, they were, they've all been a little sticky and messy, but uh, learning experiences nonetheless and always have fun. What do you mean by sticky and messy? Oh, what, what do I mean? Sweaty and body, body fluids, you know, all the good stuff, <laughs> all that good stuff. Okay. So when did you get started sexually? Probably when I was about 13 experimenting with with touching myself or you know looking at looking at whatever i could the scratchy fuzzy porn channels or whatever we had access to on our our television but from there then high school was a little awkward i wasn't uh uh mac daddy as it were but uh, we tried I, I had fun probably not till i was a senior in in high school did i start to get like really like i guess sexually active and then between my first, I guess, sexual experience and then I guess there's maybe one other person in between my wife between then, then we've had a partner or two since we've been together. Yeah, not too, too many. So it was still learning, still having fun and trying to explore myself a little bit, I think, and figure out what it is that gets me going. I mean, I'm sure I'm, I, I could share quite a bit. One of the weirdest partners I had, she was um, 17 years older than I was. Really? Yeah, I met her in um, a, a rehab facility, in a rehab class. And that was interesting. She was 35, I was 17. How did that get started? Uh, like I said, we were in rehab together. So she started flirting with me. And a uh, 17-year-old boy, I was kind of uh, susceptible, I think, to yeah. her, her wooing me. So, yeah, that was that was interesting. We would go to, I would go to class, and then we'd go to her apartment, which wasn't far and hang out, and it got weird when I found out she had a daughter that was my age. That's kind of uh, awkward. Was it kind of a situation where you felt like she taught you a lot sexually? No, I, I wouldn't say because the experience was not super long-lived, mm-hmm. but definitely opened my eyes to kind of more of a, everyone has sex, <laughs> no matter the age, you know, you sure. kind of, it's not just a young person's game. For sure. This is maybe a weird question, but was it strange that her daughter was your age simply because of the age? Or did you find that you were like attracted to her daughter in some way? No, I, I'd only actually seen pictures of her daughter. So okay. I didn't really know her extended family that well. I think it was just more of a shock initially. I don't think it's so much of an issue now sure. it would be an issue. But uh, at the time at 17, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that a little bit. This is someone's mom. 
it's kind of stigmatized. If you had been female and the person older than you had been male, it's kind of like it turns into this creepy thing. But as a young man, you know, you're 17 years old, being approached by an older woman. It's a conquest almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting how those things get flipped. You know, the idea of the cougar. Mm-hmm. Much uh, more accepted. Was there ever a time where you were like, she's too old for me? No, no, it wasn't that so much. It just kind of got a little weird because I couldn't provide and have a job, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, had a job, but didn't have my own place. So it was just a little weird. Did you feel like it had to be kind of secretive? I mean, certainly. I mean, there was, I think I've talked to maybe a few of my friends about it, but uh, no, I mean, it wasn't too many people that knew about it. But like your parents wouldn't have known. No, I mean, she called, my mom called me a few times after rehab class, wondering why it had gone so long. But so it was more of an opportunistic relationship, I think, than anything for her as well. It ended kind of after a short period of time. Yeah, it was a couple months in the rehab clinic, and then you know how things go. You just kind of separate and don't really keep contact, and people go about their own ways. You, you know, you talk about, in the grand scheme of things, like, oh, I've only had a couple sexual partners, but uh, one of them was 35, and, uh-huh. you know, the sense of, like, normalcy about it, almost like, oh, nobody wants to hear about this. This is boring. But it's interesting that, like, not everybody has that story to share. You're like, oh, it's just, it's it's, just me. It's my life. That's True. It was it was a little awkward. I think uh, she definitely took the reins more in that situation than than I did. I kind of was just along for the ride, gotcha. you know. Where there are boobs, I will follow. <laughs> but you don't feel like you took anything out of that relationship, kind of like, oh, I'm a man now. I've I've been with this older woman. No, I think that's a subconscious thought. I, I would think for most people, I think some people maybe are very conscious of the conquest and saying, yeah, it's, I, I've all of a sudden reached this plateau or I've crossed this threshold, but I don't think I was conscious of it. For me, it was more, uh, I guess, a normalcy thing because you know, everyone, everyone, you want to be as sexually active. I think it's human nature to want to be sexually active or accepted or involved with people sure. emotionally, physically. So I think part of it is that for me is I wanted to be accepted in a sense I wasn't, my prowess wasn't like some other people maybe, you know, in high school, you know, those guys or those girls. And uh, I think that was more of a normalcy thing for me. So anybody that would show me attention was kind of okay. And she showed me plenty of attention. I think she was utilizing it also more than physical, more than emotional thing. I think she had a bad relationship. She was involved with another person at the time and they were still actively seeing each other, but I just happened to be there. It was kind of like, whoever's going to show me attention, okay. And then she was kind of like, whoever's going to distract me uh-huh. from this situation. Sure. It's mutually beneficial. I would say. Okay. Do you have any other encounters that maybe looking back, you're like, not everyone has kind of gone through this type of thing? One time my with my, my boss at a job I had worked once, I think Jen and I went over to her place and uh, things just, I think I misinterpreted that night a lot of uh signals and cues so that was interesting trying to have your first experience with your partner and someone else can be very difficult so that's something i've learned throughout the way is communication is important in that kind of stuff so what do you mean by you say you misread some signals is it that you thought she was interested to spend time with you as a couple and it wasn't that situation or well i think more uh, i think it was the same thing i thought there was interest on her end and ultimately, I, th- I think for my own selfish reasons, I wanted to try and pursue that. But again, that was kind of young and early in our, our relationship. So still probably a little unsure and things are new and you're not quite sure if that's where you want to be or what you're wanting to do or what you necessarily want. So again, it's not having been super indoctrinated, I should say, in the 
in, in sex with other other people is just one of those things the opportunistic if you think someone might like you it's just interesting so you were with jenna uh-huh. in this monogamish relationship we were yeah we were together jenna jumps in because she's a saint and because i'm absolutely not getting it so uh she was married and had a kid and was not in a good marriage and kind of definitely took advantage of Bob's sexual want for her, for sure, but emotional. They worked together. They were with each other five days a week. So they became very close. And then as close people do, they started joking sexually and that kind of led to like, maybe something could happen with And really she was married. So nothing could have definitely happened. Thankfully, nothing did happen, but this was like three years into our relationship. So every time someone tells me they're very happy together, I'm like, make sure you get past three and four, because that was definitely the hardest, most questionable years of our relationship where I was like, do we really love each other forever? Because we want other people right now. So that was when we were like figuring out if we could emotionally be with other people. But was definitely crazy she was a little different she was <laughs> manipulating i think a little bit okay. she was like 10 years older than i was at the time also maybe i like older women i don't know <laughs> well that was my follow-up question do you find that obviously regardless of jenna you guys are close to the same age when you're fantasizing or when you're looking for maybe additional people to involve in your relationship um, do you tend toward older women mature women are definitely hot as far as i'm concerned um Physical features are not always the most important thing. I mean, someone that's put together and well put together, they understand life, and that's kind of nice. But I think that's my attraction to mature women for sure. I definitely don't mind mature women. I like mature women. Like they have their shit together, basically. Yes, and they know what they want. There's no kind of fooling around about it. You don't have to ask too many questions. They know exactly generally what they want. Is that how you tend to be, like in a sexual situation? Me, no. No, not always. You like to know what you're getting yourself into? Yes. Uh, like I said, I don't like too many surprises. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to have a general idea of what I'm kind of going to get involved with or, you know, it's not too many questions. So so when someone's really upfront, uh-huh. then you're like, I know what I'm getting into uh-huh. and you're going to tell me straight up what you need mm-hmm. or what you want. Yep. Okay. I totally understand that. Yeah. Speaking about kind of the situation. So you guys had explicitly or had not explicitly at that time talked about maybe we should see what it's like to see other people no 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 we hadn't talked that was like that said, was my the own catalyst si- yeah, that was well i don't know if that was well, a catalyst that was like a, about when we started being a little more adventurous online as far as posting things anonymous things of course we were posting stuff online which was really intriguing to see other couples live doing things also so that kind of started sparking our interest in maybe having somebody else join i guess but then kind of was a a dud (laughs) she was just thrown into the curve there but then eventually it turned into like a knowledgeable understood idea well basically i really like girls (laughs) and so luckily for bob I really like girls, so I don't have any interest in not being not sexual with girls. I'm turned on by girls. I think they're hot. I like vaginas. I... <laughs> so me to me, it's easy. For him, it's lucky. I mean, I probably won't ever have sex with a penis again. I don't think a guy is a part of our third that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We've tried that, and it never ended up well. Probably yeah, just it's just not the dynamic point. that I necessarily think I'm looking for. Sure. You know, it's just not the dynamic I like. 
it looks good on screen, but it's not so the dynamic that I'm interested in. Is it because it's a little bit too, you're not interested in men at all, correct? No. <laughs> so it's kind of, do you feel like they're like walls? Um, I, I feel like there's a stigma with it. I'm conscious of it. It's just simply being in a room with another guy naked. It's just the stigma about it. It's not what I'm interested in. And it's hard for me to look the, the blinders on and be like, yeah, it is what it is. It's an experience, but right. it can be difficult mentally to put yourself past that especially if you're strung out and hung up on things as I am sometimes. Is there ever like a time where you're like, well, it's enjoyable to watch someone else spend time with my wife, but I don't know where I fit into the picture. Is that um, kind of how it is? That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. Again, probably selfish, you know, but if I don't feel like that I'm involved in one way or the other, I definitely feel, uh, I don't enjoy it as much. So I've had that experience where I've just kind of been kind of a third party. It's not the worst thing to have her have fun, but at the same time, I'm wondering, there's always questions in your head like, uh-oh, you know, like how involved am I with this? Am I helping in the situation or what's what's happening? So there's just weird questions you kind of deal with as you're going through that. And I think for some people, it's probably a lot easier. People in the uh, uh, lifestyle, we'll say, right? People in the lifestyle, they, they have either become very familiar with it and comfortable or they're comfortable right off the bat. But uh, I don't think it's a lifestyle that can become you immediately. It's something you kind of have to have to work at. And communication is the, I think, the biggest aspect to it, period. Like We just... also kind of had a traumatic experience, in a sense. You might not remember this, but one of the times we were hooking up with the first couple that we ever hooked up with, she was a co-worker of mine. Oh, and yeah. We were all in the same room and it kind of, they split it apart as in two separate things. Oh. And then like I was over on one side of the room and he was all over me and she was like holding Bob back on the couch. Yeah. Like, it was a little she, weird. Like, like it was one of on our first kind of experiences and they were very, so like they were keeping us apart. Yeah. And so like they took us probably... away from each other. So it was kind of like, it was weird for me because I was like, you know, I, I want to do this. It's a very, it's very fun uh, to think about it's very fun fantasy it's uh if you can make it work it's it's great but it was like our first time trying that with them and they were i think they, they were, were an older they experienced were like, yeah, couple 10, ten so. years probably older than us again about yeah and it was just one of those things where they kind of just took the situation and ran with it for you know they got their pleasure but it was a little weird for us that's really strange uh -huh. that and then she came all over my chest and then we were like, okay, let's go. All right, time to go home now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it like, was interesting. <laughs> the feeling of someone, like basically a stranger, saying like, no, you're separated. And like I was watching it. Like I watched it happen. It definitely didn't make me feel good. Yeah. Because I didn't know like that he didn't want it at that time because I was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on over there? And then it turns out like after we were talking about it on the way home, he was like, yeah, I didn't like what was going on on your side of the room either. So, right. yeah, it's one of those uh, just one of those things. I think it's OK to experiment, but you do have find your limits with certain people and some people will make you feel more comfortable. Absolutely. That's people. totally true. Regardless of what you're doing, if you do it with the wrong person. Uh -huh. You're going to be like, okay, this is not at all what I expected. Where maybe with the right person, you'll feel more comfortable with something that you were like, I didn't think that I was ever going to be okay with this. Sure, sure. They have to make you feel safe. Definitely. I think sex, sex is a very vulnerable situation Yeah. for anyone, no matter how you look at it. It's, there's vulnerability involved. So it has to be good. It has to be okay. It has to feel safe. But okay. ultimately fun. Yeah. Yeah, it better be fun or else why the hell are we doing it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So Jenna, I want to kind of backtrack and, and ask mm -hmm. a little bit about you as like an independent sexual young person, how that all got started. Uh, well, I am the youngest of three 
So I was exposed to a lot of sexual things at a very young age. Um, I talk about it all the time. There was one summer growing up, I was like five, and we watched strip tease pretty much like three times a day. So I know that movie from front to back. Wow. Like that was normal for me. My older sisters definitely exposed me to stuff I shouldn't have seen. I mean, I started masturbating young, but I definitely wasn't sexual with anyone, didn't have boyfriends or anything. Um, I lost my virginity at 17, but I didn't even look at his penis. It was like a lights off situation. <laughs> it, it was just like, oh, this guy's kissing me and okay, now we're having sex and oh, hey, I lost my virginity. So, yeah. <laughs> but I did have a relationship-ish with somebody. Not We weren't dating. We just saw each other sexually all the time. He was older and then turns out he was also seeing my sister goodness yeah how did you find out he was also seeing your sister well he i met him online and he just had apparently been talking to my sister prior to that online also so that was interesting situation oh no (laughs) and then i pretty much met bob and like around october of 2009 I hooked up with one of my female roommates right before we started dating. I got invited to that party but couldn't make it. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, I know. And then, I mean, Bob was like one of the guys that I first did most of my stuff with. So like the first penis that was ever in my mouth or that I ever saw up close or that anyone that's ever licked my vagina, anything like that. It's all been with Bob. I was 19 also. So, How do you get from a place where you're maybe not overly sexually experienced and then you kind of lock into a relationship with a person where you're you're choosing to do things that are fairly sexually adventurous is that just really a lot of communication or just a little bit of luck well when we started fooling around it was very rough i'm not gonna lie bob has i didn't understand some of the rules porn sense of how sex was supposed to be and so we just like went really hard at it from the get-go at just like we're crazy on each other all the time. We would sit out in the car in his parents' driveway until like 3 a.m. fondling each other. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, my, my perception of it was never a real world, if that makes sense. I mean, sure. the only thing I ever knew about it was what I think most people see initially is, uh, you know, your videos or whatnot. So I was exposed to that fairly young. Yeah, I, I don't know. My mind's always kind of worked that way. It's always been very kind of one track. I also feel like we both are naturally very good at whatever it is that we're doing. So that was, it's nice that, I mean, I don't feel like I've missed out on anything sexually, even though Bob's been my first partner with all that, because like, he's the best head I've ever had. So I don't think that like experience or anything was, uh-uh. had anything to do with that. But I mean, we are kind of looking for the unicorn essentially sure. and we didn't know that that was a thing until we went to a fetish party we went to a fet life event so we're not talking fictional horse-based unicorn here we're talking about a person to add to an already existing two-person relationship who basically the only function is to sleep with this couple as a third party it's not supposed to be emotional it's strictly supposed to be sexual oftentimes this is a bisexual single woman but it doesn't have to be. And we walked in and everyone immediately was like, oh, new people. And then we quickly realized that like, oh, every couple that comes to these is looking for that one girl yes. that wants to just be their girlfriend, basically. The unicorn. <laughs> so we're kind of just exploring everything. Every time we've met someone, it's a couple. So 
that is our biggest and the bigger thing was most couples there's been serious issues within their relationship like like the last couple there was some like they're not together anymore there's some serious issues in their relationship and then the first couple we were with they're no longer together and, and right. he's gay with men and she's gay with women yes that's true <laughs> Yeah, I've heard a lot. I've actually been approached um, for unicorn status. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't looking to be that kind of person. If you're at a fetish party, like you said, it's kind of like a fetish thing. And someone is like, oh, I'm interested in you to to be this person in my relationship. Like, you're just there. I wasn't with anyone. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't participating in any sort of uh, play at all and it was just like hey I'm interested in you are you interested in doing this and it's like if you're a single person yeah there's a ton of people who are looking for the unicorn but I've also heard you know people who are looking for this person say the exact same thing that you guys are saying it's all couples and they're all looking for this single person oh, definitely. that's that's I think and just kind of the research I've done is because to be a unicorn you essentially aren't getting much in return if that makes sense i mean there's the physical aspect to it which is if you're okay with that that's fine there's not always an emotional aspect to it some couples can keep that apart most people can't i don't think keep that apart it's very difficult Uh, but i think that's probably why because there's not quite maybe it's rewarding for some people i don't know i mean you're kind of sharing relationships and you're sharing people so it can be difficult i would imagine to cut that and separate that so the unicorn thing i think would be hard to find for for that reason yeah and the last couple that we did see when we first started hooking up with them it kind of split and we were like oh well now i have a boyfriend which i didn't really want and bob has a girlfriend which we didn't really see and so when we realized that's how it was going her and i just started talking more and then it became like she didn't want to hook up with bob anymore and she just wanted me to be her girlfriend and that wasn't what i was looking for because i have a certainly not what i was job and a husband and like i'm not looking to have another emotional relationship and that's basically what she wanted and it was so time consuming and made me crazy i couldn't do it like i had to drive to visit her at her house and i know that sounds lame but i'd have to drive 30 minutes out of the way to hang out with her <laughs> and then drive 30 minutes home to hang out with my husband and i was like not happy at the end of the day basically sure is this this girlfriend that you had i guess been seeing most recently I guess you were spending a fair bit of time with her. Yes, we hung out a lot. She kind of got very uh, clingy, clingy, and like I wasn't. If I would say like, "Oh, my friend is texting me," she go, "Oh, well, likes you," and da 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 da. You can't hang out with her, and I'm like, "Can't talk to my friends." So it became very weird, and also, she has a couple kids, like a family life, and we aren't looking for anything like that. So. Is it difficult when, I mean, I mean, Bob spoke for himself and said he's not really looking for any specific fetishes or kinks. Are you? I'm definitely not the vanilla one of the couple. Bob's very vanilla when it comes to that sort of thing. I am interested in more kinky things, definitely. So to me, finding someone that could maybe fulfill that yeah. would be nice. Is it difficult since you're... Not exclusively, but primarily looking for someone who's just interested in being this unicorn figure to kind of suss out who's not too kinky or not looking for too many additional things to bring into your relationship. I really just think we haven't even ran into anyone yet that sparked that like, hmm, this person could be it. (laughs) Especially because I've tried, most of the people we've hooked up with have been friends. And Mm -hmm. so now I'm like, 
don't lose your friend over just trying to have sex with them. I could definitely have casual sex. And people these days don't really do the casual sex thing. It's not, you can't just have sex with someone and then be able to see them next day and smile and everything be normal. Right. So you have to find that one person that will do that, basically. FetLife is such a huge group of folks who they're looking for such different things. But it's like, at this point, the sole place to go if you want anything that's not like a match.com situation if you're just looking for another party to have casual sex with sometimes a lot of those folks even are polyamorous it's not mm-hmm. even just like a hit it and quit it whenever i want to no they want multiple people in their right. relationships that seems like it would be really difficult but it seems like it's the only place aside from going to some sort of fetish party to meet anyone i'd say that's pretty accurate yeah yeah, I mean, unless you just happen to strike up a conversation with the right type of people in the right situation, you know, have similar interests. But yes, I would agree with you. Oh, well, to add also, we don't party or anything like that. So we don't go to bars. No, so, so unless you're in our apartment like, smoking with us, we're kind of going to have trouble meeting you. <laughs> right. The person that you need for this type of situation, if you wanted to be nothing further or emotional, would be someone that you run into at a bar that you can just like, oh, I don't care about you later. But since we don't really have that kind of exposure, it's like... Do you ruin relationships with people that you know, or do you just wait years potentially until someone finally comes along? It could be one of those situations where you just have to kind of continue to try and find what's comfortable for you. Because like we said, everything, every sexual encounter and sexual experience is going to be different unless the partners are not changing, obviously. You know, in that case, it's pretty similar. But if you're changing partners, it's going to be different every time. You kind of have to start from point zero almost. Right. This maybe is a strange question, but do either of you ever worry that the agreement that you have of bringing someone else into the relationship will get to a point where you're like, you know what, I'm not interested in doing that anymore? Kind of backtrack and say, I, I want you all to myself. I don't, I don't want to share. Especially, Jenna, since you're the one who's like, I'm attracted to women. I want to have sex with a woman. I'm not interested in stopping doing that just because I'm married to a man. Are you ever concerned that Bob is going to be like... I have no problem with it for the record. <laughs> but do you ever worry that you're like... That I'm going to decide I don't want to have sex with people? Or what? why I don't want to have sex with multiple people? Or have Yeah, sex. that you might um, say, you know, I need to be more dedicated to my wife. Uh, you know, there's an aspect to it. If you want to look at it that way, yes. If you look at it like a moral or societal potential view, right, of the Western society, what's acceptable sexually, what's not acceptable sexually, uh, then, yeah, that's probably accurate. Like, you would definitely worry about that kind of stuff. But for the way I think about it, I guess it's just I don't. I like I like sex. Uh, and, I like, I mean, emotionally, I love Jenna very much. And physically, I love Jenna very much. But I'm always, like, physically, I just, you know, I could always – multiple experiences more experiences i suppose the better yeah if anything i'd be the one that would be the as crazy as it sounds i could totally just watch girls and masturbate to them and be satisfied and not have to have anyone else in our relationship but since that's not the case i'm fine with that though i will like i said never have sex with another guy because I don't feel like a couple is another thing that we'll want to try because the two times we have it just don't seem to work out yeah and so to me I'm like well no one else is gonna get my awesome blowjob skills because Bob's the only one that's what being married is all about (laughs) so you had touched on a little bit of you said watching 
I assume amateur videos kind of made you think, oh, well, maybe we should try that. Were you doing that for very long together? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we still were. do. Yeah? I, I mean, not, not so I guess often, but we do we, have we a do Tumblr page. Stuff, yeah. And not suitable for work. We're not, we're not posting like crazy, but we still do post stuff or we'll try stuff. How did that get brought up in, in your relationship? Well, like she said, I'm very into, like, I, I, my, my first experiences with sex really were with what I would see on films or TV or in magazines or whatever it might be. So I think that was probably part of it on my end more than anything. I mean, I've always done the internet stuff. I guess even when I was younger, I talked to people online. So to me, it was a comfortable thing being like, uh, oh, let me put my hot body up here so everyone can see it. I think the anonymity <laughs> is kind of nice to an extent. It's kind of nice to get comments or to hear things. Like I said, attention, right? Sure. Attention is very important. It's kind of nice to feel validated. Not everyone needs to. and It might be kind of silly to feel that you need to be validated, but it's human nature to want to feel accepted or appreciated or whatever it might be. I would argue, maybe you wouldn't, that doing amateur videos together is sex work. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I got to work, <laughs> get this body working, so I dig it. Since you're kind of saying, and maybe this is totally off base, please correct me. I'm just putting two and two together. You're saying, I'd like to have sex with more people, different people, and I don't mind putting my body out there. So why not try and pursue a more commercial sex work type of position? Why not seek out actual porn? That way you're having sex with more people. My career, perhaps. Okay. And I wouldn't want to be put out there too, too much on blast personally with my, my career, so... I like to keep it per, like kind of private, as it were, like a anonymous but atta obtainable or approachable. You know what I mean? Like it's there, you can go get it, but I don't want to be so upfront with it. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying that your career, sure, and I understand that, but like if you were to do porn, it would become your career. That's true, but I'd have to be super good at it. Mm, okay. Have you have you looked at one of their paychecks? I, I haven't. I don't think it's that much. For porn? For a guy porn stars, I don't think it's that much. Well, I guess that's yeah. I guess it's right. I guess when you're when you're a woman, it's a lot easier to. It's an easy paid. lifestyle. I'm sure. Well, maybe it's not even that easy. Got to go to the gym a lot, eat well. Well, depends on what you're trying. I guess it depends to what you're advertise. into. If you're into, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, dad bod porn. I mean, I could do that. I mean, you could do all kinds of porn that maybe might not even feel like porn to you. Yeah. You know? Like eating something, they'd be like, "Oh, who's that hot boy uh, eating that donut?" Yeah. But you know, that doesn't give me sexual pleasure. Well, for you, but it might. Yeah, but I, I don't do things sexually for other people's pleasure sometimes. <laughs> like just to. I mean, other than having sex with you and trying to please you, but I, I wouldn't eat a donut for someone's sexual pleasure. Even if you knew it was getting them off? Yeah, even if I knew it was getting them off. Well, I mean, so there's this <laughs> Foodies, idea. Foodie, foodie is not kind of my thing. Like, I know it's a fetish <laughs> for some, the squishing food or eating food or, right. you know, but that's, that's not for me. Sure, but it seems like you have, like, this exhibitionist streak. It, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. So but. I think psychologically part of being an exhibitionist is you know that someone else is enjoying what they're seeing or could be enjoying what could they're be seeing. it would be the key word there because a uh, lot of exhibitionism it's not always wanted right if you're taking pictures of your nude body in public people don't necessarily always want to see that is funny. what it is everyone's got a body but i guess there's still some moral uh right wing you know right wingness to my mental process that uh you have trouble breaking free from, I of think, course. in a Western society or just any society, maybe. But it's difficult to break from that and to do things that maybe you were taught was not so acceptable. 
even though it maybe excites you a little bit. It sounds like though you're on this path with your life where you're you're almost guessing that you're gonna find more things that interest you and that you're gonna be exposed to more things. Almost like I know there's some weird shit in there and I'm just gonna find it. But it also sounds like you're kind of grappling with that. Like okay, well this maybe this part of me is holding me back. From like that maybe as well. I don't like who I could be. Know that you're excited for her, you who you could be, but maybe maybe you're Ooh. dealing with guilt to get there. I don't know. Maybe. So, Jenna, you don't really struggle with that same kind of thing. Like, oh, well, it's maybe this part of me that makes me feel like this isn't the thing I should be doing or this shame. Well, when we started doing, we started posting stuff up on Vine. And so on Vine at the time, it was like real-time posting. And so when everyone else that we would follow would be posting all their sexual stuff it was really hot to know like oh these people are directly commenting to what i'm doing right now so it's getting me hot right now so i think at one point before my page got deleted i had like fifteen thousand followers wow so if i would have done something with that at the time we probably could have made money off of that whole thing but instead we did all that for free which now i see like on tumblr everyone's selling everything so i definitely could have sold myself for more than I did. I gave up a lot for free, I'm mm. seeing. But it was fun and it got us to here. I know someone who's in sex work and it doesn't seem as glamorous, but it definitely seems easy. So I don't know. I mean, if you only buy stuff off of Amazon with gift cards because that's how you get paid. It's not so glamorous that it's way. It's not so glamorous. <laughs> well, I think, and at this point, I'm just speaking for myself. At this point, I don't consider sex work anymore. But as a younger person, I thought, well, I have some things that I can offer to the world that maybe not everyone can, and it pays pretty well. And so I think when you're interested in sex work that isn't your normal sex work that pays fairly well, the interest isn't because it's sex or because it's work. It, I think it kind of turns itself into this thing where you're like, I could do this. I could, and I have a helper personality. So I think deep in my psyche, it's like like some sort of fairy princess. If somebody videotaped me doing this and they got off, I would be helping them, which is like the stupidest. No, I'm selfish like that. <laughs> if I don't get mine, it's like, what's the point? Oh yeah? That's how I feel, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's interesting that you've decided, though, to have encounters on video because of how you relate to video and then saying, well, it's actually for me. It's for me. It's so I get mine. But you know, when I put it out there, I don't mind if people enjoy it, but I certainly don't think about it doesn't matter to me or not if they do get off to it. It's not there for them to necessarily get off to, I suppose. It is kind of still for me to post my own stuff and feel good about myself, I guess. Sure. So maybe small way I'm trying to help somebody because it's out there and they can see it and view it and like it or whatever, but it's still ultimately probably very selfish. Is there a part of you that puts it out there because you need them to keep saying that it's good? No, I don't. I don't think I, it, maybe, but I don't think it's like you, I, I need it. It's just nice, right? I don't lose sleep over it at night and I'm not waking up and checking to make sure people say things, but it's nice when people take the time to say something nice to you, whether it's sexually or you cook well or you dress nice or your hair looks good, regardless of what it is, compliments are nice. So I'm in it for the compliments. Again, when I considered sex work as a younger person, what held me back is that I was too afraid 
of the negativity. It wasn't so much that it was like, I need this validation. It was like, if, if anyone says anything bad, I'm going to feel devastated. And I think for me, it was never about like the shame or anything like that. It was just like this idea of putting my body out there and having even just one person say, no, thank you. That's not what I'm looking for. And so I think it's really brave to say, you know what? Fuck you. This isn't for you. This is actually for me. I don't care if you like it or not. And if you, if you tell me you like it, then that's great. I'm going to make this whole pan of brownies for myself and I'm going to eat as many of them as I want. And if you want some too, that's fine, but I'm making these for me. Like, I think that's awesome. Bringing into that, one of the things that people would comment most on my photos because of my stretch marks is like, oh, look at those childbearing hips or you must be such a good mom. And it's like, sometimes mm, compliments aren't no. compliments. Yeah. Not a mom just because I have stretch marks on my stomach. Yeah. So that would make me a little angry. I'm like, what, do I look like I had a freaking child just because I have stretch marks? And then I would want to comment back like, or maybe I just lost a lot of weight and I used to be fat jerk, but I don't. I hate that too. Like if anyone says anything about stretch marks, it's like, don't, don't talk. Don't even say that bullshit thing, tiger stripes or whatever the fuck. Yes. Don't just don't talk about it. If you can't fuck a woman who has stretch marks, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to fuck a woman at all. Mm-hmm. Don't anything. comment on my pubic hair. Don't comment on this. You know, that's the point of like putting something out on the internet. Mm-hmm. Everyone has something to say. And now it's time to bring it home. Why is sex with you sex with you? I give great head, so I enjoy that aspect of sex quite a bit to the lead up, so I generally like to start uh, with that. So sex with me, foreplay's great. Is it because you're a giver, or? Um, I mean, I keep, I've been saying I'm selfish this whole podcast, but maybe part of me, yeah, is a little bit. I do want the validation, but I don't want people to not be happy, but it doesn't mean that's my motivation for doing anything. It just, you know. I don't want people to not have a good life experience or a good sexual experience with me and then their sexual experience with me. It's a reflection on you, I suppose. That's how I would feel about it. So I like to try and do my best. Uh, One of my weird things, Bob always is curious about this. I don't use anything internally when I masturbate myself. So to me, like sex cannot be replaced because that's really the only time that I have like intercourse and orgasms because I don't really masturbate like internally so i like to see them as two separate things so they're each their own enjoyable moment but like when i masturbate it's very private because i do it like quietly first of all by myself under the covers probably hiding and then bob is like totally not that person at all walk in the house and there's porn on the tv in the (laughs) middle of the day at three o'clock and he's playing with baseball cards and i'm like what (laughs) i can multitask i guess (laughs) You keep them separate like that on purpose? Like you don't use internal toys on purpose so that they're two separate things? I guess I just don't really ever like, well, when I'm masturbating, I don't crave that feeling of wanting, I guess, my G-spot to be touched. I just kind of use my vibrator and Hitachi myself to a million orgasms as I can have in that 30 minute time span. And then I go about my day like nothing happened. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. A Hitachi magic wand is a a magic wand for a reason. But I think I, I can't do that. You know, I've never been able to do something like that. And it's, it's interesting that it's almost like a, 
it's turned into a value. Like, okay, well, this is how I like to do this. And it does. It totally keeps it separate from this other part of my sexual life. Mm -hmm. This is something that I share just with my husband. Even if I have other sexual partners, they're going to be women. So internal anything with a penis even is just with my husband. I think that's pretty cool. I actually also haven't had an orgasm by a female yet, so... Chasing that one. Really? I guess I'm a giver also. <laughs> well, you yeah. would think that, like, these women, they know what it's like. Yeah, they have. always are like, you're so good and everything. And I'm like, you're the experienced one. <laughs> Can't you just make it happen? I don't know. Maybe I'm broken. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. If someone else can help you achieve orgasm, then these folks should be able to, too. Got to find the... The, the magical, one. yeah, the rainbow <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> they didn't ask me to say this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you Bob and Jenna's rainbow unicorn? If so, let me know and I'll hook y'all up. Thank you so much for talking to me about this. I really yeah. appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. This was fun. Thanks again for joining me, Bob and Jenna, for another episode of The Weird Sex. And I will see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>